0: Welcome to Social Stories, Australia's most inspiring podcast, where you'll hear the stories from socially conscious people all over the world making a difference. So listen in, feel inspired, and enjoy our show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Social Stories. So we're finally launched in the iTunes Store on Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and I'm so excited. I've been getting awesome feedback from you guys, just loving the overwhelming response on the positivity of our show. Um, I'm so excited to bring you another episode again. Before I get into it, I just want you to think for a moment about being a young girl, not being able to go to school for one week every month every year because of something that naturally occurs to you. I'm sure all of you women out there know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about periods. Sorry guys for listening, but this is a reality and for many girls across the world, they just can't even go to school because they have no way of treating or dealing with it and can't deal with the embarrassment of it. Um, it's just, you know, it's really something that we take for granted here in Australia, don't we? So what this amazing young woman that I interviewed today did was created a solution to help support those girls that can't go to school Today's interview is with Frida Thong. Frida is the founder of EcoPads. They're based in Brisbane, Australia and what started out as a passion project via Etsy has now become an awesome phenomenon in Australia. We talk about crowdfunding that Frida did to get her show on the road. We talk about women's empowerment. Um, This almost turns into a bit of a consultation and bit of a psychologist episode it's just really eye-opening and awesome um i do apologize that we do have some issues with the podcast in this episode and we had to record it twice just one of those exciting things that does happen so i apologize if the audio is slightly different um but we've really tried to fix that up anyhow i will end it here and hope you enjoy this episode Hi guys, I just wanted to introduce you to Frida Thong. Frida is the founder of EcoPads. EcoPads are an amazing sustainable solution for women to manage their menstrual periods, a taboo topic. And um, I will let her explain just all of the amazingness behind this great brand. So welcome to the Social Stories podcast, Frida. Thank you so much for having me, (laughs) Michelle. I'm so excited to speak with you. So I found um, Frida through the amazing like-minded bitches drinking wine, so if any of you are listening (laughs) out there and you're not a part of that group, um, you must join. Um, I pretty much only go onto Facebook to look at that page at the moment. Oh, me too. It has the best golden nuggets in
1: there of things that are happening all around Australia, really. I know. all Australians are
0: in there it's really amazing. It's really amazing. There's so many people going on there and getting feedback about websites and, you know, um, you know, liaising with social media influencers and all of that kind of stuff. It's just, it's awesome. It's so great. And everyone just seems to be so supportive yeah. and nice, which is really refreshing for women. Cause I think women can usually be a little bit, you know, um, sometimes a bit competitive towards one another, which is terrible, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to happen there, but um,
1: yeah, it's a nice little community that we've we've got on that little page. It is, you see what's going on around, like in your smaller community as well. So, I like think that are happening in Brisbane, because I'm in Brisbane, I go to that page and I find so many different
0: things that are happening that I didn't beforehand I know. So, but, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. So good, so good. Well, anyway, Frida, um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about yourself. So. Can you tell us, you know, who is Frida, you know, where did you grow up, what kind of kid you were, were you, you know, um, were you an eco-warrior forever, or just give us some background. Yeah, for sure. So I guess,
1: like, my like background, background, um, my parents are actually from Cambodia, so they escaped the war, um, you know, an odd thirty years ago, and they both Um, came to Australia when they were really young, their mum was 16, dad was 18 and they found each other and fell in love and had us Um, and then we moved up to Brisbane and I guess that's basically where I feel like I've grown up my whole life because I was so young. Um, And growing up I was always the youngest and I kind of see myself as a little rebel. <laughs> That's
0: kind of how I was. So you were the youngest sibling. I was all yes, I was the youngest. A, and the youngest in the whole family too. Oh, so. there you go. And, that, and there's a whole study husband. about that. There's a study around the youngest child is always the biggest rebel because all the eldest sim- siblings have gone before them and, you know, had to yeah. deal with all of mum and dad's rules. And then yeah, so you were lucky, a lucky little rebel. <laughs> that
1: was that was me I was a little rebel did whatever I want because everyone else you know they went through um all the hoops for me so I probably got it quite easy because I was yeah the youngest one um but I guess you know like you you saw briefly before my bookcase and I guess that hugely defines a lot about me too you would always find me with head in head inside of books because that's all
0: I really wanted to do as a kid, I didn't really want to go outside and play. I just wanted to sit in my book and read all my books. Yeah, so for you listeners, just so, just so you can get this picture, basically um, Frida and I started to do a visual Skype recording and behind Frida was the most amazing collection of books and a bookshelf. I don't think I've ever seen so many books, so I had to ask Frida, "Are you an avid book reader?" And Frida, can you please tell us that story around you saving your pennies?
1: <laughs> yes, very child I was. So my parents they had um, a couple of cafes as we were growing up, and I would always be, you know, way too young to be working, that way too young to be, I guess, at preschool or anywhere else. Um, so I used to sit at the shop and mum and dad used to um, send me off to get, you know, the lettuce or the bread, whatever it is that they needed at the time and mum and dad would always let me keep um, the change. It would always be probably five cents or ten cents but what I would do is I'd keep the um, change that I got and I'd save it up to buy books um, and over the time I think I bought all the Enid blind and books. That were in um, a couple of our series, and I still have them to this day because they're probably my most prized possession. So I work so hard
0: to get them. <laughs> that wow. <can> <laughs> that probably explains your imagination, though, too. I find that people that read books can be quite imaginative as well, especially narratives, you know, like that. So Yeah. Beautiful. I
1: think so, and I think the type of writing that Enid Blyton um, also writes is she's quite imaginative.
0: super imaginative (laughs) yeah love it so whilst I I was I was saying to Frida whilst I was probably spending my money on red red frogs from our local kind of barber shop that was near the school that I went to um there was Frida cashing in her five cent and ten cent coins (laughs) for a book I kind of have this amazing visual of you just rocking up with a little bag full of all these little coins I have no
1: idea. that I would collect over time and I think
0: because I used to go there so much they were quite used to it but the first time they saw me come in like this little seven-year-old six-year-old kid with this box of five sets I don't I don't think I don't think they knew what to do with themselves oh it's such an inspiring visual yeah so you're a rebel who read books now when did your passion for the environment start think it
1: really started from reading the book so I would read a lot of stories about animals a lot of stories about um I guess ways okay I don't know if this is a weird thing for a child to do but I love reading um about self-help as well wow. and about different things that were going on around the world and um like coming from a Cambodian heritage as well I would read a lot about what you know is happening in Cambodia um and that kind of extended on forwards to, I guess, what was happening in other developing worlds. And that was really where um, I first started seeing, um, I guess, eco-lifestyles because it's really prominent in, especially India, to live a really um, eco and um, ethical life. I don't know if that's something that resonates with you as well, like with seeing and hearing about what happens in India. But that was
0: kind of where I really started, I guess, I guess this spark and this passion to live more ethically. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is. I think it's a, you know, it's a very Hindu and Buddhist culture, I find um, really inspiring and amazing. And I just feel so at peace every time I meet people in, you know, from those those religions I'm not necessarily a religious person anymore but um you know and I think that's to the testament of you know obviously the Indian people and it's really about you know um even looking at the way that they celebrate and sacrifice you know um the different things and the foods that they eat and you know they obviously live a very you know um a vegetarian um diet and if they do eat meat it's really really celebrated and you know there's something really to be said behind that whole concept
1: Well, I'm actually um, Buddhist myself, and it's funny that you say that, because when you did ask me the question before, I was like, you know, I don't really actually know where this passion started. I feel like I was really just born with it, but maybe just these specific books or these um, people that I've spoken to through my life, maybe it um, consolidated how, I guess, how I was feeling and what I was passionate about, but... Um, maybe it has something to do with my Buddhist
0: upbringing as well. I, I'm not too sure. Um, <laughs> I think it I would definitely. I think it would definitely have an influence. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, I absolutely love the the Buddhist religion and culture. I went to a Chinese. Um, I can't remember what what the celebration was. It was back in Sydney, um, and it was celebra- a celebration of um, Chinese culture, and um, they had kind of the Buddhist ceremony there. You know, where you pour the water over the. The over Buddha's shoulders, and it's like a yeah, sign of yeah, peace. Um, yeah. And these lovely monks were there, and you know they they um, saw my mother, and they kind of grabbed her and said, "Oh, you know, we'll show you how to do this process." And they took her over, and it was just such a beautiful thing to see. And then just it was so peaceful and and loving, and really kind of getting back to really being grateful. And I think that's you know really at the core of um, what we do at, <laughs> in a, in our social enterprises. Oh, for sure.
1: I definitely think so and love like, as you kind of
0: speak about that i think about my grandfather so much because <laughs> my granddad's actually a monk um amazing so it's so instilled within
1: my family yeah um, these these
0: values yeah it's really really beautiful <laughs> it's definitely had an influence on you i think frida um i think
1: so yeah and you know what's funny i like just as we're kind of talking about. um I remember Dad, he always brings this up with me, but whenever, like, there's a gecko in the house or a spider or a cockroach or something, you know, like, things that people would consider as pests. Um, Dad always used to tell me that I was always um, the gentle-hearted one that would always not let Dad or my brother um, kill them. So even as, when I was, say, five, four or five, I would make my dad or whoever was trying to catch the, the spider, I would make them actually catch it and take it outside and make sure that it was still alive. Uh, um, and These are things that I don't, I don't even remember doing as a four or five-year-old, but it's just, you know, things that my, my, my parents still tell me about nowadays. So maybe that's, you know, it's really been instilled from when I was, was a kid and yeah. grew up with these sort of values. Yeah. Can being be born with values? I don't know if that's.
0: I think so. I think it, yeah. <laughs> I reckon it. I reckon it start. I think it starts from the womb. You know, I've I don't have children, but I've got lots of friends who are having or have had children, and some of them have really been into, um, you know, that whole um, sense of self and having a peaceful pregnancy and that kind of thing. So maybe there is something to be said by. Um, You know, babies being brought up in that kind of environment and then kind of continuing that as you grow up and beyond. So it's definitely interesting to take a look back at some of the different events that have happened in your life and to see how they actually shape you today. Um, I'm definitely no psychologist, but through my own kind of self-realisation, I've been like, oh, so that's why I'm like that.
1: Yeah. Even just through these couple of questions, I'm,
0: I'm feeling so reflective on my whole life. There you go. Okay, so Social Stories has now become a self-help group too, guys. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. It's Get awesome. It, awesome. Oh, it's, it's amazing. So, um, tell us about EcoPads. How did that start? Um, such an amazing yeah. idea. I feel like, you know, it's
1: not even really... It's not at all my idea. It's something, you know, our mums and grandmothers and women before that used to use. Um, But I guess just with technology nowadays, we have beautiful fabrics and, um, like, different absorbency fabrics that that we can now use that are much better than what, you know, the women were using back in the day. But um, I guess how I stumbled across this idea um, of pads was when I saw my sister using them. Um, so she had been using them for a while and I hadn't known about them and I saw them one day and I thought they were the weirdest things ever Um,
0: and where did she get those from she
1: got them online so she bought them from um, it must have been like Etsy or something like that that she got them from and women you know around the world are, are making them as well so it's definitely not my own idea (laughs) it's just something that I'd love to raise awareness about that exists um and you know give women the option to actually choose an environmental way to manage their periods because I think you know it's it's definitely not the mainstream thing and you go to the shops and you see disposable tampons and disposable pads but you don't see cloth because it's just not available in the shops um, and I think that's really our mission, to have it there so you can spark conversations for girls
0: to actually know that
1: they
0: exist and why they exist. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... It's definitely you know, definitely something yeah, that we were talking about as well around the whole, you know, that educating of mainstream media, that it's kind of, you know, it's there's, there is more beyond what we see on the supermarket shelves or, you know, what... Um, you know, daytime television is telling us is available, you know, it's really being. you know, and the worst thing is, is that we have to kind of go out and seek those options. Like, as you said, wouldn't it be amazing the day that those options are just there and we can make a, you know, an educated decision around that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if
1: girls aren't going to have the option, they're not
0: going to know that it actually exists at all, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That would be a complete dream. Yeah. It's not going to be a dream, it's going to be a reality. That's it. In the near future.
0: Yes, (laughs) that's it. It will happen, not it may. it yeah. So, so you obviously got, um, the idea obviously from your sister, then, you know, what was next? I'd love to hear a bit more about your kind of thought process. You know, I mean, I think everyone's next step is kind of doing a bit of Googling, but how did you get through the, the product design and, um, and that area? You know,
1: you're so right. I went and Googled for hours. Like I watched so many YouTube videos about them and, Because I was initially freaked out by the idea. I thought they were kind of gross and weird. Um, And my mind, you know, like I I feel like I was enlightened to the idea of cloth. And I was like, hey, these are the greatest idea ever. Like, I'd never thought about how much landfill was being contributed um, by disposables. But when I, you know, was introduced to it, I was like, okay, this actually really makes sense. And so after doing lots of hours of research, I... First, I put for my first order for uh, some cloth pads um, from an Etsy maker um, online. And the first one that I got actually came from the UK because there aren't many Australian makers. And at the time, I didn't know that there were Facebook that Facebook groups that existed with lots of Australian um, cloth makers in it. Um, so I paid for a whole heap of shipping and my first cloth pad probably costed me about thirty dollars But I was like, you know what? It's going to be worth it because I'm going to use it forever. Um, And then from then on forward, I started um, kind of seeing the Australian makers as well. So they don't make a lot. They probably make um, like 10 a month or something like that because a lot of these women do do it on the side. Um, And I started trying lots of different designs, lots of different absorbencies, and it was just getting too expensive for me, so I decided I'd sew my own, started sewing last September, um, and then as I literally sewed every single day a couple of pads um, so I could, um, I guess, improve my sewing, and in October was when I first um, started setting out some um, for trials, so in the time span from September to October, literally a month's time. um, I had lots of girls who were asking me about it because I like to spark conversations about periods
0: because it's not something generally that you speak about. Um, And I guess I like challenging norms. Oh, Um, love it. Yeah, periods have to be (laughs) the biggest taboo subject. And if there's any male listeners watching, you may not want to listen to this now. But you know what? I absolutely love that idea because bloody pads are so annoying. They make weird noises when you walk. They get unattached. They don't stick. If you get wings, you know, they get stuck around the corners. You know, they're just, they're either too long. They don't, you know, soak it up. And then you kind of go down the, the tampon path and, you know, it's just... Uh, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a, you know, a nightmare thing and it's not a fun thing for women. Um, yeah. So the idea of being able to have kind of something that's material-based and cloth and, you know, I guess when I kind of first heard about, it, I was kind of like, ooh, like yeah. what, what happens in the washing machine? What happens to that? <laughs> it goes down the drain just like everything else does. And um, my mum actually told me, and I think this is why I'm not so – strange about it is that I couldn't wear disposable nappies when I was younger and obviously this is you know moons and moons ago people but um you know and they, I think they've got a lot of improvements now but um uh, I couldn't wear them so mum used to do the cloth nappies and if you think about that you know if we're talking about Blood versus poo, like let's put it out on the table. I think I'd know what I'd rather yeah. wash. So oh, for sure. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, let's get raw and real, ladies. I think you know, there's you yeah. know, there's lots to be said. You know, you cut yourself on your arm or whatever, like just yeah, throw it in the wash. Yeah. And thing is, I always question girls who you know ask me about the um, the gross factor of washing your own
1: periods, and you know, like. Not every woman is prepared for their period. So when you leak, what do you do? You, you don't throw away your underwear. You wash it and reuse it, don't
0: you? Exactly. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it makes sense to me. But maybe I'm biased because I'm probably the bad lady. But, you know, it, re- it really is just as straightforward as that. Like if you get a cut on your leg and, you know, your jeans get bloody, so you just wash them, shut them through the wash and rewear it.
0: Exactly, exactly. Oh, well, there's a whole market out there to be educated and hopefully we can get them all going down this path. So give us, I guess, obviously you've done a lot of Googling. Give us some statistics around that. I mean, I wouldn't even know any numbers around, you know, the female sanitary product market, but what, you know, what's the wastage and what's the damage on the environment? So in Australia alone,
1: um we're contributing two billion pads each year to landfill. Wow. Only pads. So if you think about um, the majority of women actually use tampons over um, pads. So we haven't um, looked at the statistics around tampons because we haven't quite delved into um, the area of, um, I guess, eco-alternatives for tampons yet, but we're getting there. Oh.
0: Are you still there? Yeah, sorry. Oh, I'm to find the big
1: thing
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just my modem turning back on.
1: Oh, I see.
0: <laughs> I'll cut that out. Yeah. So if you just go back to the the stats. Yeah, so do you want me to start back from where?
1: Um,
0: about uh, you haven't touched the tampon market if you go there and then we'll cut it from there. Okay. So we haven't quite delved into um,
1: the market for Reusable tampons yet, so we don't know the statistics around how many women actually use tampons. But um, what we do know is that um, there are more women who use tampons than they do pads. So the two mil- the two billion um, pads that are going to landfill each year—that's the minority of um, disposable contributing to landfill. Um, another stat is that. Um, Globally, the disposables make up the third top contributor to landfill. So that is wow. really shocking in my brain. Um,
0: Definitely.
1: Because you think about things like plastics that are going to landfill and food that is going to landfill, those are actually the, the top two. So food first and then plastic second. And third comes disposables. Um which is just crazy, but it makes sense, you know. Like women go through this every single month, and on average, about five days. And how many billion women are there in the world? And you, you know how many people out in the world? And you have that, and that's how many women are menstruating. So it kind of adds up really quickly, and does make sense when you think about it.
0: Yeah! Wow, that is absolute yeah. madness. So it is madness. Massive. It's hard
1: to take oh, sorry, no. I'm just like one of the um, statistics here that <laughs> has take um, 500 years to decompose as well. Wow. So that is... It, is
0: they must be made of very, terrible uh, toxic ingredients as well, many of them, I'm sure.
1: Many of them are bleached because, you know, you want to retain that white, supposedly clean-looking colour um, and the actual chemicals that are absorbing... Um, your
0: menstrual fluid, um, it's all chemicals, yeah. essentially. So, so been, bad. Uh, so close to your body. You know, yeah. you got an open area there as well. Like, that just cannot be good. So aside from the environmental yeah. benefits, there's definitely got to be, you know, personal health and hygiene benefits as well. Yeah, exactly
1: right. I actually did a, um, a pad versus cloth pad test um, the other week. And afterwards, I was like, oh, I'm just going to cut this up to see because I've actually never cut one up to see." And uh, these little balls oozed out of it. Like, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, floral arrangement jelly. Oh, like
0: yeah. Jelly balls. Yeah, I've seen those. They yep. like that. Oh. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, but they're, like, essentially laced in other chemicals as well to keep, you know, that kind of... Sanit the, the sanitation of the pads, um, quite high, But wow. Okay, so clearly our current way of dealing with our menstrual situation is by using pretty bad products that are not really great for us. And yeah, there's some kind of organic options, but that still doesn't solve the issue with how much we're disposing of each day. So oh, for sure. What does it so? How are you actually kind of coming and creating these? Um, the eco pads are you sewing them yourself?
2: So, up until about say two months ago, I had been sewing every single one of them um, on my own. Um, and you know, I do have friends who will come along and we'll have a bit of a tea date and they'll help me cut some um, pads up and I'll do the sewing. Um but yes, I have been sewing them by myself. Um, I guess initially it really started out that I was sewing them, um, I'm not sure if I've already mentioned this, but um, that it's almost therapeutic for me, So because I study as well. Um, in between my breaks, I do a little bit of sewing, and it just kind of relaxes me, as weird as that might sound. Um Yes, my, my parents were actually um, professional sewers when I was much, much younger, so I guess that's kind of how the sewing machine has always been in the house, and I decided I'd Um, put it to good use use (laughs) so is
0: it one of those um, the old school kind of really well made non plastic sewing machines oh
2: it's one of those huge ones
0: Yes. yeah (laughs) I love them Um, I think ever since I bought my plastic sewing machine and I compare it to the amazing one that um, my grandmother and my great grandmother both had um, I wish that I kept them because those plastic ones are just terrible so yeah um, awesome to hear that that's such a therapeutic thing for you as well so you've got kind of a bit it's a bit of a reward system going on at the same time
2: it is a bit and I almost feel like I'm connecting with the girl that I'm making it for um because I you know she gets to choose the size the absorbency and through that it's a conversation that isn't usually had where you know a girl tells me about how heavy her flow is and um other issues that you know, might surround her period um, and I guess making a, a product for her to, to so that she can um, manage her period more environmentally friendly. But um, it's not always just the environmental components. For some girls, it's more of a medical reason as well. So um, for girls who have really sensitive skin down there, it's um, something that really helps as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost like a connection with – the girl who's going to use it, which I really love and which I really um, feel honoured that girls are able to open up to me about something so taboo.
0: Definitely. And so you're making them yourself. You've obviously got plans to grow. You've started your (laughs) crowdfunding campaign. Well, actually, finish your crowdfunding campaign now. Uh, So tell us more about that and is that kind of part of a little bit of a secret to expand a little bit more?
2: Yes, it is actually. So with um, the crowdfunding campaign, we reached target, which meant that our um, campaign partners who are eco have been secured. So that means that we're able to actually uh, manufacture in bulk um, and in essence provide um, employment to the women on grounds in India um, and we're also doing the one-for-one one model through through this company as well. So um, they do educational workshops to um, the girls in, in younger grades in regions um, that cloth pads work um, and that they Actually, make a um, impact on the education. So there's been a lot of research for the last ten years that they've they've conducted within those um, areas. Um, so yes, that's huge for us that we've been able to hit target and that we're able to manufacture and not just be me selling at home by myself as
0: lovely as that is which I'm sure you will continue to do some more considering its therapeutic benefits obviously
2: absolutely
0: (laughs) so tell us more about the crowdfunding campaign when did you start it and what kind of things did you have to pull together to get that going
2: For sure. So I've never done a crowdfunding campaign before in my life. So I did a lot of research around what other people did and what um, people are currently doing. Um, and you know, I feel really, really lucky and humbled to have had so many people that tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, you know, I really love what you're doing. um, I do PR for so-and-so, would I? Would you want me on board to do some PR for you? Um, and I had another girl who tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you know, I love what you're doing. Um, my expertise is digital design and marketing. I'd love to um, give you a hand. So I was really lucky in that way that I had lots of support um, externally that, that came on in the process of creating the campaign and, um, yeah so sorry you were saying um
0: when when did it start and kind of how did that
2: pan out is that yeah yeah so
0: did you have very tangential did you so for those of the uh, those of our listeners who haven't actually been been able to get on the start some good site and see what that page looks like and I think they do leave up the successful campaign so they may be able to still have a look at it but did you create a video and what kind of content um did you build around that and where did you get the bulk of your supporters were they people that knew you or did people kind of come come out of the rocks
2: yeah <laughs> isn't that a funny thought people coming out of the rocks but, yeah. um so a lot of um I guess a lot of the supporters that I've looked at that I've been able to look at and that I've been able to read all the names of um I was expecting probably 80 to 90 percent of them to be friends and family but I was really surprised to actually find that more than I think about 70 percent of the people who pledged to the campaign were actually absolutely I guess, maybe not strangers, but people that I haven't met personally. Um, I imagine that um, most of them would have probably heard it through um, friends of friends or, you know, my inner networks. But yeah, a lot of people that backed the cause were were really um, outside supporters that I I haven't met, which is really humbling. Wow. Uh, You know, this is something that people want to get behind, so...
0: That is I think that's awesome. A really
2: cool, cool thing as well to know that it's not just um, an idea or a cause that you know only my friends and family will support, but something that the general public also wants um, to see turn into a reality.
0: Yeah, it's definitely amazing and I always see crowdfunding and I wonder if, you know, that's a potential marketing tool as well and I've been to a couple of seminars where they've spoken about, you know, make sure that you've got to get, you know, 50% of your pledges from people that you know and blah, blah, blah and I've kind of thought to myself, wow, if I wanted to do a really big amount, how the hell am I going to raise that kind of money from my friends and family and wouldn't they have already given it to me? So, um, yeah. It's a little bit um, amazing to hear that your experience was so different.
2: Yeah. I think every sort of everyone's experiences will be different. I've spoken with a lot of people who said that, you know, 90% of um, their pledges were really close friends. And I've spoken with some who said that almost none of them were their friends and it was really their marketing strategies um, that came into play. So,
1: That's yeah, I think I mean,
2: it really depends on – what sort of thing you're marketing
0: as well That's wonderful. Well, congratulations Thank on so reaching much. that milestone. <laughs> so, what's the next things that are on the horizon for EcoPads? I think I saw I had a sneak peek of your page before we spoke, and are you doing breast pads now too? We are wow! <laughs> I can hear some mamas out there that'll be so happy to hear that. I can't explain to you how many people that I've that of my friends that are mothers that I have heard yeah. recently complaining about the lack of, um, you know, easy to manage either breast pads or bras or you know when they're going and working out and that kind of issue. So, how did that come about? Do
2: you know? I actually didn't even realise that breast pads. Were a thing. Um, obviously, like not being a mother myself and not having people in my family um, being mothers, I had no idea that, um, you know, in, that there were actually disposable breast pads in the market. Um, as ignorant as that is, but it was actually um, a customer who asked me if I could could make some breast pads for them. So. Kudos to um,
0: Love that. our Customer feedback.
2: friend who did, yeah. So I think it's really beautiful actually that somebody um, asked me because, you know, really we specialize in cloth pads but it just makes sense um, to also do press pads. So um, that's really exciting. That's going on our um, eShop which will be live mid-July.
0: Wow. And so you're still selling on Etsy?
2: We are still selling on Etsy, but we're also adding an e- e-commerce shop to our website, so um, that can all be done in the one place. And that will be, you know, that will accept all sorts of credit cards and PayPal. And the whole idea is to hopefully make it um, a one-stop place where everyone can go and read up about what we do. And then um, down the track, the idea is to have a um, I'm not sure what the terminology is, but to have a page where you can actually see where your impact is going directly.
0: Um yep. I'm be not amazing. sure what that's
2: called. <laughs> An
0: impact page, I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <is it? laughs> I'm An impact kind of, counter. So that it's live. Yeah. Um and you can actually see, you know, your pads going to wherever, to whoever, or your pads being made by whoever in wherever um so it just gives girls um i don't know i guess a more personal experience to where they're consuming essentially yeah it draws
0: um, the line um, between the entire exciting
2: coming to our lines so i will share that with you um with with partnered up with a um, menstrual cup company actually so for girls who would rather use tampons over pads um, this is I guess you know the eco alternative to tampons
0: great so you'll be selling those products on your website in addition to yours
2: yes yes
0: Awesome. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's that is a definite conversation starter in itself around those menstrual cups. So, um, you know, I could see like a great Aussie debate on that for any <laughs>
2: Against, oh for sure. Yeah,
0: at least at least <laughs> you're hitting anything. both sides of the market, so yeah. people can give it a try, and if not, they've got the other option as backup. So that is amazing, Frida. So exciting for you.
2: We've we've really tried to listen to to you know um, the feedback that we've got, and I've had a lot of girls who have asked me for the menstrual cup. So um, yeah, we're we're giving them to you. <laughs>
0: That's great. So uh, you mentioned the charity that you're working with and obviously you've got this kind of established partnership now given the success in the crowdfunding. What was their their name again? Ecofem. So Ecofem, why did you choose them as a partner and, and why are they so important to you?
2: Yeah, so... I guess we did a lot of research and connected out with lots of different organizations who do very similar stuff. Um, and EcoFam was a huge standout to us because again and again and again, um, their values just really shone through and um, not just by by way of what, reads on their website but through all the different actions that you can really see them doing um, so they're out in um, India and the founder from Ecofem she's actually originally from Sydney, Australia oh, wow. so um, there was a personal connection there because my friend was actually good friends with her um, so I reached out and you know we, we spoke for a long time before we connected and, well not connected before we um, discussed I guess this partnership Um, And it just made sense. You know, they have exactly the same visions around the environment. Um, First and foremost is the environment for them. So that chimes in perfectly. And and, uh, women empowerment is huge for them too Um, and just like us as well and um, girls' education. So a huge component, um, I guess, to their social enterprise is that they provide workshops to girls on the ground um, about – the woman body, about why we menstruate, about hygiene, about sex ed, so um, just really amazing stuff they do. So it was almost a no-brainer for us to to connect with them and um, to really choose them for, for the campaign platform.
0: That's great. And was it difficult dealing with a charity that's uh, based overseas, and did that present any difficulties in itself?
2: <laughs> it is funny, um, Skype hours yeah <laughs> to, to try to sync up those hours but um no it's been really pleasant actually so I think within the space the social enterprise the not not for profit space everyone's just got beautiful genuine hearts um and are really supportive and yeah so it's it's been very nice um, dealing with them
0: That's awesome. So did you have to do a a fundraising application to get them on board for doing business in Australia? I'm keen to kind of explore that methodology because that's something that I've um, gone through myself and it's not always the simplest task.
2: No. So they actually operate as a social enterprise as well. So um, really it's business business to business is our partnership.
0: Awesome. That definitely yeah. makes things easier because yeah. dealing with the Department <laughs> of Justice and their application forms for fundraising when doing products for purchases is not great. So that is, <laughs> that is great news. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about about your pads is the amazing illustrations and colors mm-hmm. and designs that you've got. Uh, why and how do you choose those designs and who illustrates them?
2: I am the biggest fabricaholic in the world. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the fabrics that um, are the funky, colourful ones that you would see on the website and that you would seen on Etsy, um, a lot of them are chosen by me. Um, I spend a lot of my time in the fabric stores Near home, and that's essentially how I choose them. But for the ones that are in um, that that are being manufactured in India, they've sent um, you know photos of different materials, and that's how we've gone ahead and and chose them um, as the ones that are being manufactured. And they're trying to give as much uh, variety as as possible. So everyone's got different tastes. So that's yeah. Hopefully, we'll have lots of different designs and styles for different different women
0: it's so great I love that you can express yourself even in your pad I mean everyone expresses themselves with their underwears but um you know let's take it to hello hello hi
2: I don't know what just happened. It said that
0: you'd put me on holds. So. Oh, I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> That's okay. I'm back.
0: Not a problem. I'll just pick up from where we left off. I've left it recording. I didn't press pause or anything this time, so we should okay. be right. So I'll start again. Cool. Yeah. Uh. Oh, what was what you part were was that? about? To how, you about um, the
2: girls com- express themselves different yeah. ways.
0: Yeah, it was an amazing way to be able to spread. It. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, I mean, it's an amazing idea to be able to, you know, express yourself through your pad. We all express ourselves with our underwear and undergarments. I mean, it's such a great idea for something that is usually so boring. And, I mean, I never never understood why they made, you know, pads ugly white colours. Like, it just makes way more sense to put some other, you know, patterns and stuff on there because you don't want to see what happens down there. Like, I think it's great.
2: Yeah, I think For a lot of girls, they don't really want to see, you know, their blood on lighter colours. So it kind of just makes sense to have different patterns and different prints. And, you know, I think a lot of the time, I'm not sure um, if you experience this yourself, but when I was using disposables, whenever I had my period, I would spend a lot of my time actually reading um, the little messages that are on the back of –
0: Libra patterns. is it yeah, Libra I'm that sure do too. yeah <laughs> I can't what do they <laughs> call again those little messages
2: they're like information I don't they're like facts I think they're just
0: that's right, That's yeah, like something yeah, like that. I use some organic brand now, so I haven't seen those for a couple of years, but I do remember okay. those, and I thought they were so interesting. Um, I was even thinking when I was um I think I said this to you when I was when we were chatting earlier around um, the idea of you know having empowering messages on your underwear, like how great would that be because every time you go that to the toilet, be- yeah, like you've got this girl. <laughs>
2: And imagine how many times you do change a pad and to be able to see a different message every time you do. That'd be so cool. It'd be so
0: (laughs) awesome. So, so great. That's actually
2: potentially on um, the future horizon since we've hit target and, you know, we're going to try and explore different um, avenues now as well. So fabric is definitely on the list of what we want to explore. So watch the space. That is great.
0: So are you using organic fabrics for the collection at the moment?
2: Yes. So um, everything is certified organic. Um, It's all cotton and it's veggie-based dyes. So
0: trying to
2: make everything as um, eco as possible.
0: Wonderful. So clean, so eco-friendly.
2: So, uh, Frida,
0: tell us what inspires you or who inspires you the most. What keeps you going every day?
2: I think that's such a tough question because I don't know. I feel like I have so many different people who do inspire me every single day. Um, And, you know, I was just thinking about this recently as well, and I've realized that I've had, so many different people that I've looked up to to and who have been role models um, previously um, when I first started um, I guess my journey into social entrepreneurship and it's just progress. So um, I feel like there's a different role model for every different stage that I guess I get to next Um, and I guess at the moment where I'm sitting – I think a huge, a huge role model for me is um, Peter Ball, um, who runs Impact, um, but also you know girls in the likes of Celia Boyd from She Investments, um, Lauren Shuttleworth from um, Words with Heart. Um, Maddie Price, who's from One Woman, One Woman Project. So, yeah, I guess it's it's on a huge spectrum, and um, that's where I'm sitting on the spectrum at the moment. As people that I'm, you know, who are role models in my life. But yeah, as I continue to move along the spectrum, I'm sure that I will continually change.
0: That's a really great way of thinking about it because I think a lot of people kind of think I've got this one person that that I look up to in my life and that's the person that I need to look up to forever. But I think you're really right in that it depends what you're going through in a certain part of your life as to what motivates you and inspires you. And I completely resonate and, you know, and understand that um especially now that we're all the both of us are operating in the social entrepreneur space I'm definitely inspired by other social entrepreneurs as well so definitely got you back there (laughs) including yourself of course Frida you're one of those
2: (laughs) and I love what you do
0: too oh thank you we're only just you know just getting started but you know hopefully we'll change the world together
2: yes that is right So um, just like touching really briefly on that note too, I think a huge um, person who inspires me every single day is probably my mum. And ever since I was young, it's always been my mum. You know, when they ask you, who inspires you the most? Who's your role model? And, you know, when you're you're in grade one, where they get you to write that on a little piece of paper, I think it's always been mum because she's such a strong, strong woman. Um, And it's always been something that I guess I've really admired um, all my life in her um she i don't know if I mentioned this at all yet, but um my background is Cambodian, and Mum actually fled um the country when the war was going on um and you know she was the first person from her whole family to come here to Australia and then to bring the rest of the family here um and you know we live in a beautiful house and Yeah, so I really, really admire her, and she's a
0: huge inspiration in my life. Oh, and what's your mother's name, Frida? We'll shout her out now.
2: (laughs) Her name's Sue.
0: Hi, Sue Thong. (laughs) I hope you're listening to this and hearing this beautiful story from your daughter. She will be, I think. (laughs) uh, I completely, completely relate to you, Frida. My mum is is my biggest hero, so um, that's really, really beautiful, beautiful. Yeah uh, you may have already touched on this, but let's maybe go into a bit of detail because you mentioned some names, but I know that there's probably quite a few people listening who are thinking about creating a, a social enterprise or are wanting to deal more or buy more from social um, socially driven enterprises. But who are some social enterprises that you just think are just awesome?
2: I would say if if someone is looking to purchase from social enterprises or to be able to give back, um, a really cool ent- a social enterprise called Gifts for Good, they actually um, let you choose where your where part of your purchases go. So you could literally be shopping on, say, Woolworths or Coles or. Big W or whatever it might be, um, and rather than, you know, all your profits go, all, all the proceedings going to the company, a percentage of it actually goes to your chosen charity or your chosen social enterprise, which is really cool. Um, but also they have a platform where you can see um, cool and upcoming social enterprises that they feature through their website as well. Um, so, oh, I'm i still on the line. Yes. Hello.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I know who you're talking about. I have a feeling she was one of the ladies who was in my class for school for social entrepreneurs. Yeah, you
2: know Alison Gray? Yes, it
0: was. Yes. There you go. She's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am um, I taught to marketing um sessions there to the students and she was in one of those classes um absolutely amazing great idea and I actually haven't gone onto her site in a while and I thought once you've got that up and running I can't wait to use it so I'm going to jump back on there and use it because it's probably been about a year since I've last spoken to her
2: yeah I think they've um they continually keep updating it but she works in the same space um where I'm going through the incubator um and i spoke with her recently and they've they've updated the website and they've got some exciting new stuff coming is what she's told me but i don't know what that exciting thing is so
0: awesome i'm very excited to hear what to keep our eyes peeled (laughs) and so what tips do you have uh we like to have a bit of a um a social tip around doing something for the environment or a small change that you can make in your life to just think a little bit more consciously um, about something. It can be something that you practice or that you've seen someone else practice. For example, yeah. swapping plastic shopping bags for, uh, you know, cloth bags, something like that.
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. I think I saw it might have been a meme or... It was a passing post on Instagram that I saw, but basically what the message was, was that the best reusables are the ones that are used. Um, And that rings so true because I know so many people who have, you know, keep safe mugs, who have water bottles that they can you know top up but it's sitting at home in the cupboard and it's not in their bags and you know they're still using um plastic water bottles and they're still um, going to the coffee shop and getting a coffee cup that they then dispose of so I think that's a um it's a very very simple simple I love
0: that that's
2: great (laughs) reusable that you have
0: definitely
2: Um, that the the only other thing that um, I wanted to leave a note on was that recently I went to a conference um, and something I really, really took away and it still resonates with me to this day and I haven't been able to say thank you to um, the gentleman who said these words, but he said to make every single hour in your life matter. Um, and for me, like, you know, I went back and I thought about it for a while. I was like, yeah, you're totally right because every single hour you can't have back like time is the only thing in anyone's life that once it's gone, it's gone and you can't, you can never take that back from anyone or give it back to anyone. Um, and so he was saying, you know, if you wake up in the morning and say you go for a run, make that time really worthwhile run with say an audio book in or something like that. Um, And don't just, you know, let an hour pass by scrolling through your Facebook or scrolling through um, your Instagram, like actually make them really matter. So, yeah, that was something I really took away quite recently. I love that. And I'm trying to stick to that with everything I do in my life now too.
0: That is really, really great. And I think recently Angelina Jolie just said something very similar about that, about a a passing message that her mother said to her, which was around um, making life count and being the person that kind of counts in life. I can't remember what it was exactly, but along those lines um, and definitely so, so powerful. Time is so, so limited.
2: Yeah, for sure. Our lives are so short. When you really think about it. Definitely.
0: Actually, I saw a video just the other day. I can't remember who posted it. It was in Like-Minded Bitches Drinking Wine.
2: I love that page.
0: It is awesome. And it was a guy drawing a doodle where he kind of did like (laughs) not an an actual doodle. (laughs) a drawing a drawing where it was a line from kind of start to finish and it was kind of divided into chunks of 10 it was talking about how we kind of spend our lives and it was talking about work and it was um he basically kind of drew this line between 30 and you know halfway from 60 to 70 and said this entire time is when you spend your time at work. So you may as well make it count because you're going to be there. You want to do something that you love, make a difference and use this time, you know, when you're an adult and a human to actually do that. And I was like, wow, like to look at that, just on that, that chart, dividing life up like that. I was like, this is so true. And that's why I want to make, you know, work count and life count and life as work. County,
2: for sure Mm. and I guess that's why you're doing social like it's you're trying to make I guess work something that you're passionate about and um rather than it being work work it doesn't really feel like work it's more of something that you really love and a passion that's I guess um I don't even know what an extension of you essentially, really.
0: Yeah, I, de- I definitely think, you know, you're right there. And it's definitely about social building up other social enterprises because the idea is that we'd love to have everyone a- as a social enterprise and selling products on there um, and as more and more. Uh, socially conscious products become available, they will be there. So it's kind of the idea is that connectedness of kind of drawing, being able to draw a line of, you know, of social enterprises and having this, you know, you'll see in the circle of my logo that completely represents that. So, you know, we need more people like you, more people like us kind of getting out there and, and having a go and even applying it to new businesses. So I was talking to a lady the other day that I that was referred to me because I was talking about the differences between the options of being a social enterprise and she's just a regular business and she said you know what I just want to give back somehow can you give me um, some ideas on ways that I can give back so I think it's not even thinking about how you have to be restricted in your current business or you know your current job it's about how can you make those existing things also have a socially conscious aspect it doesn't have to be an entirely new concept or idea.
2: For sure, and what a great conversation to have had with her. I think sometimes people don't even realise that that's
1: an option.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, you know, just... Obviously explaining the difference between, you know, the one-for-one one model versus percentage of profit versus percentage of sales, um, you know, drawing lines of trust and, you know, even those things around fundraising and um, all of those little bits and bobs that I've kind of been able to learn and discover um, on my journey um, a little wisdoms that, um, I'm, you know, trying to share with everyone.
2: Yeah, for
0: sure. Awesome. So enough about my business Frida, please tell the Social Sisterhood and any of our our men out there as well that might be still listening and not grossed out uh, how do we support eco-pads? Oh,
2: so I guess through um, all our different um, media platforms, social media platforms. Um, so you can head to www.ecopadsaustralia.com, um, and that will link you to all our different um, social media platforms. So that's got our Facebook on there, our Instagram, our YouTube, um, and a direct email. If anyone wants to send a direct email to me and have a chat, because I am always, always open to talking about periods to anyone. So even if you're a guy on the other side listening um, and you're intrigued or, you know, you want a little bit more information, I am there.
0: Love it. I can't wait to read your blog, Frida, and you can tell us everything that we need to know and solutions um, for around that time of the month.
2: Yeah, we've actually started our blog, funny that you mentioned that. So we've had two posts. The whole concept of our blog is to basically make periods untaboo, so to destigmatize, you know, the taboo that is surrounding, um, and to really tell stories of real women who are experiencing period shaming um, and other things that kind of stem from periods. So we've got two posts, two blog posts up um, at the moment. Um,
0: both of them about personal experiences um, around period shaming. Awesome. That's so um, empowering. I just think I just made up a word. <laughs>
2: Empowerating.
0: <laughs> it, it sounds great. Put that up there with boot, the Booty Licious and Bay. I think you know. <laughs>
2: Let's
0: make it a thing. I was going to um put a, a um a word for every episode that kind of sum, sums up the episode. I think this one's going to have to be empowering. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> but what I was trying to say is that these definitely empowering and we definitely can't wait to see more from you, Frida. This is just the beginning yeah. and, yeah, definitely jump on there, guys. Um, support and if you're interested, you know, jump on there. Buy an eco pad. Stop using those terrible, terrible things that you're putting down next to your lady parts.
2: <laughs> and if anyone has any stories or wants to share an experience I would love to hear from you as well
0: awesome <laughs> thank you so much for your time Frida
2: thank you so much for having me it's been good fun
0: pleasure to have you You're welcome back anytime <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot thank you I hope you guys all enjoyed that interview with Frida. She is just so inspirational, so young. She's still at university and she's already, you know, launched her crowdfunding campaign and she's changing lives around the world. I really encourage you to think about what you can do in your day-to-day to make a difference and make a change, whether that be in your business, in your personal life, just have a think, be inspired from our other podcast stories. I'm looking forward to bringing you some more exciting people. And as always, if you're thinking about making a difference in your everyday purchases or wanting to buy a gift for a friend or a loved one, please do check out my online ethical shopping site, Shell. That's S-O-C-I-E-L-L-E, where we sell a range of products, ethical and environmentally friendly and every single product gives back to a charity and your chosen cause. You get to choose the cause. Jump on, check it out. I'd love your feedback on my site, on the podcast. If you've got someone that you want me to interview, please let me know via Facebook or
1: Instagram. Thanks guys and have a great day.